Hey, everybody. Welcome to No One Told Me, where we believe hindsight is everything. My name is Callie, and I have a few questions I want to ask you to start off today. Have you ever looked at someone else's life and decided you wish yours looked more like his or hers? Have you ever lowered your own expectations because they were continually unmet? Have you ever altered who you are to make someone else more comfortable? For me, it's all of the above and all for different reasons, whether it was for a person, a relationship or job, or just a hope that the result of changing who I was would somehow clarify who I was meant to be. You know, if I just keep trying different approaches, I'll eventually figure it out, right? We spend a whole lot of time and definitely a lot of energy trying to figure out what we're good at waiting for someone to throw some affirmation our way so we feel like we're at least heading in the right direction. Or we waste time trying so hard to be good at things we were never meant to do. Like the amount of time I have invested in trying to make myself create and put into practice systems or structures, really anything administrative, calendar, scheduling, spreadsheets, all of that time has been wasted because I honestly never get better at it. I just survive it. None of those things are my gift. Now, I love talking about giftings. I love talking it through with people who are trying to pinpoint what they were equipped to do and watching someone discover how gracious God is in aligning what we love to do with what we're good at doing. And if it doesn't look like what someone else is doing, I mean, that's even better. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6 says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. So did you catch that? Listen, everyone is different, capable of different things, but we're the same in that God wants to use us to accomplish his plan. Every story, even yours, is a sub story to his story. Your gifts are not tied to a person, to a place, to a relationship, to a boss, to a friend, to a job. Your gifts are tied to the one who created you to use them. So walk in the confidence that he wants to use you. In all of the abilities and in all the people, it's the same God at work. You don't have to prove yourself capable. He made you capable. Today's episode with Kelly Tefazoli covers this need to prove ourselves. And honestly, it's the first time I've said her last name, and I'm not a thousand percent sure that it was accurate, but we're rolling with it. But we talked about this need to prove ourselves and what it means to stop trying to make our lives look like someone else's. And if you found yourself in those questions that we talked about at the beginning, you're definitely going to find yourself in this episode. So here we are. We're in my friend Kelly's office, (laughs) and... We are having quite the time. I am just a, a consummate professional at all times. And so I've brought the setup in and we're set up. We're about to hit record. And what you might hear just very lightly in the background from time to time during this recording is a volunteer radio. Yes. Because here's what Kelly and I have learned today. Microphone cords <laughs> can pick up radio frequencies. 
So apparently so. Apparently so. Mm-hmm. So we currently have Kelly's jacket, two UT cheer uniforms, mm-hmm. my computer, a case for the recording device, and Kelly's computer just nearby, just mm-hmm. in case, mm-hmm. covering case of these emergency. cords to try to dampen, to block out these <laughs> said. I mean, we're just short of having aluminum on our head. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> trying to see if that picks up. And we it have up. pom-poms if we need to like kind of bring them, some foil in. Layer them with pom-poms. Listen, all I know is Kelly's one of my favorite people. I got to meet her this summer. And if 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 this was going to happen with anyone. <laughs> Honestly. I want it to be with Kelly. I would expect like, nothing less. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were a part of the collective at any point, you got to meet and hear from Kelly, which ended up being some of your all's top collectives this summer. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I ever got to tell you that, Kelly, Thank but you. we got just the best feedback Thank you. Um, from those. So we knew we had to turn it into an episode. And because she and I are also very similar in the fact that planning in our personal personal lives. You know, like professionally, I feel like I'm so on top of And I can get stuff everything. done. Yes. But like personally, if it comes to like school, right? Oh. So I had to do the Halloween party mm. for Henley's class, which last year we didn't get to do any because mm-hmm. of the pandemic. So it was my first one. And Kelly, have you been have you been a room mom at any point? Well, funny enough, no. I cuz I'm not good at that, but this year I said to said teacher, "Hey, you know, I well I noticed all the moms in the room and they looked like room moms, like at the parent teacher kind of like gathering yes. the second weekend. And they, you know what they look they like. They look, yes. I was like, she's an awesome room mom. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. feel it. I, her energy is there. She's on top of it. She's going to return. She's going to read emails. She's going to respond to them. She's going to carry this. She's going to carry it. I was all. like, she's got yeah. this. But I was one of the first people to go to the volunteer sheet. So I like wrote my name, room mom, and then under volunteers, I wrote the first line for volunteers. Clearly thinking someone else would step up. I go to the teacher. I said, hey, listen, I, if no one else does it, I'm happy to do literally, it. Literally, if I am your last resort, yes. last, like no one else, literally like the, the grandmother guardian who's uh, 78 who cannot do it. If she can't. If she can't, then still look for someone else yes, and then come to me. So lo and behold, I get an email and she's like, congratulations. No one else signed up to be the room mom. You, you are got it. Got. So yes, I am the room mom this oh, year for the first time. Did you do? Did you do the Halloween party? I, I didn't. If we were supposed to, <laughs> we supposed to do. See, I was very unsure <laughs> what this was, and I so didn't. I was in Target. It was, you know, end of September, and as one does, I'm just in Target to get deodorant. But somehow, found my way into the Halloween aisle, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just get struck with this. Um, I need to do a Halloween party. Like yeah. I see all the fun decorations. Yeah. I need to throw a party. What better way to do it than with a bunch of first graders? Yeah. So I text the sense. the teacher and I'm like, hey, do you want to do a Halloween party this year? She was like, yeah, that would be great. Fast forward, you know, three weeks. I've forgotten that I made the offer. Mm-hmm. And she texts me and is like, hey, is Friday good? And I'm like, we, yeah. For, for Fridays are always great. For, I love Fridays. <laughs> yeah, love them. <laughs> How about you? And she said, okay, if you want to get here with all the party stuff at about one, we can set up. I'm like, Okay, so we're having a party. So, so here we are. I turns out we're doing that. Scrolled up on the text. Remembered the offer that I made. And I think <laughs> I still have two dozen cupcakes sitting on my counter uh-huh, currently because uh-huh. I went to Publix and just started putting things in the cart. And Ryan was like, do you know how many people are in the class? I said, no, do not know. Okay. And I, it's not important. I don't know why you think that's an important number to know. <laughs> and then I get on Amazon and I'm like, prime, we're going to prime stuff here. Yeah. 
Yep. So I ended up ordering like $100 worth of stuff. Like Stop. just, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Like when all is said and done, it was $100 worth. And I found an old, uh, we just moved into a house and some, it was left behind a old, a big, huge <laughs> pot. That looked like a cauldron. Oh. And so I have Ryan get it down. It's very heavy. Okay. So I have Ryan get the cauldron down. And he was like, "Do are you about to ask me to go get some like some dried ice or whatever? I was like, why would we not do that? That That's obviously the next question. Anyways, it takes me three trips from the car into the classroom. Uh And I'm looking at the other room moms and they have like wagons. They have wagons, Kelly. prepared for that moment. They knew what it took. I didn't know what it took. They're experienced room moms. They are experienced room moms. Long story short, really had to turn up the personality to make the party Mm -hmm. a good time. (laughs) Which I feel confident that you're able to do. (laughs) So all that to say. That's a lot of pressure. It is a lot. Like I just, Ryan was like, why do you feel the need to to do all of this? And I'm like, I don't know how not to. Like (laughs) if tasked with something, I just need to be the best at it. I just am like, honey, this is downhill from here. Like, you think this is real cool right mm-hmm. now, but soon you're going to know what standards are <laughs> and you're going to realize that your mom, <laughs> mom is rarely hits the standard. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everything in my personal life is a fire drill, like <laughs> a constant fire drill. And my husband, Matt, will just look at me like, you did this to yourself. And I'm like, you know, and I, I always say, I thrive under pressure. And he goes, no, you just create situations where you're under a lot of pressure because you didn't do the work on the front end. I'm like, or that. But or also, I don't know how to live any other way. Or so I feel I, I have to I thrive. thrive. <laughs> we were trying to go somewhere the other night and Ryan texted me and said, hey, I'm leaving. I was like, okay, great. So I start collecting my stuff, whatever. And I'm. he ends up, wherever we're going, he ends up having to wait for me there 20 minutes before mm. I get there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I told you when I was leaving. I was like, see, but my mm-hmm. how that translates to me, if I say I'm leaving... I'm not, I'm not out the door for another 10 to 12 minutes. Minimum. Right? Minimum. Yeah. Right. And I was like, so that's on you. Like, you know this about me by now. Shame on you. You know, you know it, you know it. So Kelly, two kids, right? Shay and your little boy. Cole. Cole. I want to say Colton and that was close. Cole. Yeah. He's always kind of the understudy between the two kids. Shay kind of outshines him, but I really, I think he's the MVP. I think honestly, he's. Shay's going to listen to this. In He's like going to be the rising star. <laughs> if she can get past the like background music, she's going to be like MVP. What in the world? He just puts up with everything and she just, you know, he's just along for the ride and he's just kind of there. Well, I saw uh, my favorite thing. The best thing I can suggest from this podcast is for you all to follow Kelly <laughs> on Instagram because <laughs> following along with her kids and what Shay comes up to do and how Cole oh just like, he's just along for he's it. like, okay. You know, he's like, this is fine. He's like, well, he also thinks that she hung the moon. He just, they really have a very sweet friendship. I, I mean, that. they fight like they're brother and sister, but he just wants her approval. And so she's like, let's shave your head. He's like, let's go. So your parenting style, let's say you roll up <laughs> and she has shaved his head. Mm-hmm. What is your response? First, I'm going to record it because I'm going to want to document it. In the moment, I'm going to be mad, but I'm just going to laugh. And I'm like, yeah, my parenting style, I'm like, I'm going to choose to laugh about it most of the time. And that's, I think that's why my Instagram to some people can be refreshing because I'm not going to pretend like I have it together. It's a fire drill. We have a lot of laughs and I'm like, you can laugh or cry. And so we choose to laugh. Do you ever wonder, so my kids will do stuff or say stuff and I'm always like, what is this? What kind of picture is this painting of your future? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like the stuff that you choose to do now, if should I be correcting it yeah. now? Like at what point, I remember asking around, at what point are they sustaining things? Because like, <laughs> yeah. I just need to know when I have to actually start, you uh-huh. know? So two kids, your husband, Matt, yeah. you've been married how long? 
It'll be nine years in February. Nine yeah. years. Did you meet him in college? No, we actually met post-college. I was in my late 20s and yeah. he was at Atlanta and I was here. We just met through a girl in my Bible study. She was had just recently gotten engaged to his best friend from high school when he was in town visiting him. And so we just met, not by chance, you know, nothing's really by yeah. chance. And yeah, so we dated long distance then we got married. How long did you date long distance? We did a year and then okay. he moved to Knoxville and then we got engaged about six months later. Okay, so Ryan and I did four years long distance when he was in Memphis. But I tell people this all the time. We would do it again Mm -hmm. the same way because you have no choice but to learn how to communicate with each other. Like you have no choice but to really figure things out because it's not like you're going to see each other. Yeah. Right? I think I totally agree. And I don't know at what age you were when you... Uh, Through our college years. So like 18 to So you really like figuring things. Like that was... Those are are great years to be figured out your independence for us. Because I was the last of my friends to get married. Mm. You know, I got married when I was 31. So I think a lot of women have this mindset that they have to meet their husband in college. Or you, mm. or you, you know, like if you don't meet him by a certain age and whatever. And so I had already established like my rhythm. I mean, I was 28 sure. when we went on a date. So I had figured out like this is what works for me. He was He's younger than me. So he was kind of figuring out his way. So being long distance allowed us to still have that independence. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like all of a sudden our worlds were like intertwined and yeah. it was a very good rhythm for us. And then mm-hmm. like it kind of picked up and then he moved. And yeah. so I just, I didn't feel like I was suffocated by someone coming in and like disrupting what I have felt like I'd already figured out, Yep, which isn't, I never have figured out, but. Let's go back to those college years. So you said you're like the <laughs> last one of mm-hmm. your friends to yeah. get married. And I know that I've talked to friends even now who aren't married yet and mm-hmm. they want to be. And mm-hmm. they're like, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm frustrated. Did you walk through that? Like, yo, gosh, you know, like just that frustration. I struggled a lot with that because yeah. I was in a very long term term relationship. I had dated the same guy for eight years. So it was through college and after college. And I'm watching everyone around me have the next step in their story that I thought I was supposed to have or I mm-hmm. felt in my soul I was like I'm I don't going to get married and at the time I, I felt like it was to that person but those it just wasn't going to it wasn't working out mm-hmm. and so I started to question my own path like am I not understanding the journey am I am I misreading the relationship I'm in and so that was kind of a struggle between me and God for a long mm-hmm. time you know my prayers shifted over the years and eventually I started praying like just open my eyes to what you want me to do instead of being like, hey, make my relationship look like theirs. And yeah. so once I switched, it was an immediate. Mm-hmm. I mean, we it was eight years later. But when I kind of realized that my story wasn't supposed to look like the person beside me and then I was okay with it. And mm-hmm. then I'm talking, I mean, it ended. I went on a date with Matt a month later. Hmm. And it was, that was the end of the story. Yeah. So like, the eight-year relationship ended. Mm-hmm. And a month later. And a month later. Mm-hmm. I went on a date with Matt, but I really, I mean, him and I laugh. <laughs> he's, he's, you might not want to use this, but he's always like, <laughs> I don't know if you can edit things out. But I always, that's how I know I'm <laughs> going to use it. Honestly, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Whenever we first started dating, we laugh. I was like, I was really damaged goods. And you just really took advantage of something that was on sale. I was weak. I, I was, was weak. Clearance. I was on the clearance rack. <laughs> And you just came in. He's like, absolutely. <laughs> I saw an opportunity. And, and, and I knew it. And but I you know what? It. Honestly, I I would not change a thing. Yeah. Like there was a lot of hurt, a lot of heartache, a lot of tears, a lot of comparison, mm-hmm. a lot of like, why me? But I would not have had the perspective that I had whenever yeah. I met Matt. And I also wouldn't have created these non-negotiables. Sure. And so when you're older and you can realize that, then you, you go into a relationship and as soon as you kind of hit that like, 
there's a difference between a roadblock and an obstacle, you know, mm-hmm. and when you hit the roadblock, you're like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. That's, that's not a non-negotiable for me. Yeah. What were some of those that you figured out? Um, if you can remember. Communication. Kind of, yeah. Like you said, was huge. And especially going to a long distance one where mm-hmm. you're like, can't just pop on by. I think I figured out my own voice and I figured out how to be very upfront and not hold back for fear of them rejecting my ideas or yeah. rejecting my feelings and and just kind of being more transparent and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to do that before. I have not thought about that before, how you will change who you are. And I think it gets harder as you get older and you know, I want to meet someone. I want to be married. I want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, maybe it's a me thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to. Maybe I should compromise my expectations. Maybe I need to hold that. Maybe I don't need to tell him when I'm upset. Maybe I don't need, you know, like that might scare him off and I don't want that to happen. That's what I was, you know, tell younger women or or the dancers or whoever it is. You're not looking for someone to complete you. You're looking for someone to compliment you, Mm -hmm. you know, and like those are two very different things. And if Mm -hmm. you're looking for someone to fill all those holes and voids, that's for God. You know, mm-hmm. that is not for, for another man or friend or whoever it is to do. And just finding someone that when you are vulnerable or you are transparent or honest or they notice those weak moments that they can compliment you and come in yeah. and like do the work for mm-hmm. you if you can't do it. So you met Matt, you got married mm-hmm. nine years in. Mm-hmm. So within that, were you already on a career path? Because I mean, now it seems like you get to do something you're extremely passionate yes. about, which I'm, is, you know, lead the the dance and cheer teams, yeah. the spirit squad. What What's the official title of what the whole team directors are together? Director of Spirit Program is my official title. That sounds it so re- fun. It almost doesn't sound real, it Kelly. Really like- is. And honestly, <laughs> sometimes there will be things that will come out of my mouth during the work day. And I'm like, did I just say that? Is it my job to my say job that? Is my job to say that? Like, did we get enough bags for... You know, Smokey, the handlers with the poop. Like, did they get... <laughs> How long have you gotten to do that? So I just got hired in that role in July. No way. Yes. So I thought you had been doing it for... Well, I've been coaching the dance team for 15 years. Okay. So that's... I stepped into a new role. So even mm-hmm. though I am in a new role, really behind the scenes, our strategy is the same. Mm-hmm. Everyone pulls their weight. Everyone does their job. I have the most amazing people I work with that I trust, and they all do their job and do it so well. Yeah. So I don't feel like I'm the boss. Yeah. It sure. doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And then so, I'm still here. And that's, was that always what you wanted to do? Like you knew? No. no. Like I had no idea. What did you, no. so you left college thinking you would do what? So I left college. I got a degree in nutrition. Yeah. So that was what I thought I wanted to do. But I didn't necessarily, because as a nutritionist, like you have to go on to become a registered dietitian. And I yes. wasn't ready for that next step yet. So I was like, I'm just going to get a job, right? Just kind of something to pay the bills and figure out like, do I want to do this? Do I not? Mm-hmm. At the very end of my senior year, Farrah was looking for a coach. And so my friend and I, her name's Val, we started coaching there. And I kind of realized that I really enjoy this. And so then I got to hone in on that with the high school team. And then the opportunity came at UT and we're like, yeah, let's go. And then I just realized like, I really like this. And yeah. this is an awesome awesome opportunity. So, but it wasn't my full-time job. Mm-hmm. I had an office job. So I was a sales rep for 12 years. And then my side hustle was the dance team. So putting into a position at what, I guess you're 24, 25, and mm-hmm. here you are trying to lead girls who are not that much younger No, I danced than with you. the yeah. seniors. Yeah. They were freshmen when I was a senior. And then my first year coaching, they were seniors. So that was a really amazingly hard year mm-hmm. because I was coming in and I'm no longer your friend. I, ha- I want your respect, but I'm like, the same age as you. I'm in that box. And so that was 
challenging to navigate, but they were, I mean, they were great. I mean, yeah. they, they understood. How did you continue to navigate such a big position at a young age? Gosh, I think, I mean, a lot of lessons I learned is just, even though you're young, it doesn't mean that you don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And I think early in my years, I allowed, not intimidation, but just older people to make me feel less than because mm-hmm. I was younger, but like I knew I could do the job. I knew I was doing a good job. It's easy to second guess yourself when, you know, you have a parent that's like, why is my daughter not in the front row? And I'm like, mm. you know, I'll put her in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. you yeah. know, and so, and that sounds so silly, but I had to figure out how to have these mature, hard conversations mm-hmm. with people who are my parents' age, you know, and talk to them peer to peer when Mm -hmm. they are not viewing me as a peer, you know? And so putting myself at their level, just kind of adult to adult was really hard at first. And, but I will say I went in very strong arm on that. Like Mm -hmm. I was a way, way harder coach than, than I am now. The girls that I coached back in the day, like you are so much nicer now. I'm like, I know. You had to pay the price. I was like, I'm I'm so sorry about that. I was really unreasonable. (laughs) Look back. And also I learned the hard way, kind of going back to relationships. I put everything into that. That Mm -hmm. became my identity. Mm -hmm. UT, dance coach, that was my identity. And it affected relationships. It affected Mm -hmm. people around me. It affected my priorities. And so I had to learn through that how to manage my work life better. Mm -hmm. I think that's the easiest thing to happen. I think when you're trying to figure out what your, you know, your calling slash assignment, like what am I supposed to be doing? How do I, how do I make sure that I'm doing what I'm called to do, but it doesn't become who I am at the same time. So as you look back and realize that that happened, Mm -hmm. when did you realize something's off, something's not balanced here? And then what did you do to kind of adjust it? Because I think that can happen. You know, even if it's not a job, even if it's, you know, like motherhood, it's very easy to lose yes. yourself yeah. in motherhood. And all of a sudden your only identity is, is mom yeah. or, you know, you can, you can lose yourself so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious how you kind of saw those red flags, what I, they were and what you did. I think most of it changed when I had Shay, mm-hmm. like, because I was able to shift my perspective and, and Matt was super supportive. And so me coming home late at night or me missing dinner wasn't a big deal, mm-hmm. but when I'm missing putting my kid to bed. That was a big deal. And Mm -hmm. so it forced me to create structure where everything was bleeding into each other, like practice into my full-time job, into home life. Like everything was just all one constant motion. And I kind of had to create like, no, if I go to practice, it is a job. I walk out at this time and I would tell the team like, you can text me, you can call me, but I will not respond between six and eight. And it has to be two sentences or less. Yep. Three. I give them three. Three. One of the first backstory, I texted Kelly just to try to get her to come to collective. Had never met her, didn't know her, got her name from a great friend. Who was a dancer. Who was a dancer. She was like, you've got to get Kelly to be a part of this. So I was like, okay, send her over. And I'm like, guys, I'm a novel texter. It's a habit. I'm just like, (laughs) let me tell you every thought in my head in real time and let me get your feedback. And so I didn't hear back from Kelly. And now that I know that she's a nine on Enneagram, it all makes perfect sense because (laughs) all of my Enneagram nine friends, if I text them 
them a long one, it it's, overwhelms them immediately. And it's they're like, much. I have to, I have to, it's too much. I can't, I can't respond. I'm anxious. I a can't short respond. Circuit. And she eventually, she was like, yeah, I tell, I tell my dancers if it's over three sentences, I'm not going to read it. Like I, I won't read past three sentences. So they get very creative on the punctuation. <laughs> a lot of dot, 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 a lot of commas, colons, and like dashes. I'm like, that doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't. You can't do that. You and they know if I pick up the phone call, they're like, sorry, it was too long. I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. you, yep. you didn't really answer. And so I didn't hear from her for several days. And I was like, this because I I'm used to overwhelming people off the bat. It is like, it'll probably be on my tombstone. Kelly Holland, she overwhelmed everyone. <laughs> but I think what I love about it, though, Kelly, is it's funny, but it's an expectation that's set at yeah. the front end. And yeah. if we're clear on expectations, it is amazing the difference it'll make and mm-hmm. how you're treated and the boundaries that are actually respected and the mm-hmm. boundaries that are ignored. Yes. And yes. so in creating those, even with the dancers, how difficult was it for you to hold boundaries? For the most part, um, just prioritizing the balance, not necessarily prioritizing one over the other, mm-hmm. but just prioritizing a healthy balance. Whenever I could feel it, it was such a good feeling that I... Well, I could feel when I was slipping. Mm-hmm. And so I could identify it quicker, okay. I guess, if that makes that sense. Makes like sense. I could see the signs. And also with my husband, like there are certain times of the year, like I don't have an eight to five job. Mm-hmm. Nothing about this is conventional, mm-hmm. our schedule. So just like you said, talking through our expectations for each other and like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen this week. Didn't look like last week not going to look like next week, but Mm. this week, this is what we're at. And him for me too. It just allowed us to have a better, I guess, journey together because we know what's, what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You said, I can tell when I'm unhealthy, like some things just for anyone who's listening that you're like, these are the things I know about myself that I need to step back and my priorities are getting a little shaky right now. I think I notice it most with my children and my yeah. husband. You notice it most with your safe people mm-hmm. that my reaction to them is much shorter and quicker and just not as kind. And I can spiral and I can see that I'm not enjoying my time with them. And so I know mm-hmm. I'm not enjoying my time with them because I'm stressed about something else. And that's a, that's a trigger. Hey, what's what's happening? And so I just recently heard this power of two that I was sharing with the dance team. Because I think I was telling you I do Takeaway Tuesdays and I like – Tell yeah. them some piece of advice or a quote or something, but then I make them bring me something on Thursdays. It's called Think It Over Thursday. So they have to bring me something from their generation that I need to learn about yeah. them. And That's so usually so it's like something yeah. from the Urban Dictionary. But, you know, yeah. we go with it. We go with it. But you it. still need to know it. But I'm I mean, like, okay, helpful. what's happening on TikTok? Girls, yes. You know, yeah. but so the power of two, it's like, is what you're stressed about going to matter in two hours? Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably. You know, is it going to matter in two days? Is it going to matter in two weeks, two months, two years? And evaluating it and only putting the appropriate amount of energy into it. Mm-hmm. And so if it's something that's really stressing me out, that is not going to matter in two days, Yeah, then I can take a step away and reevaluate. Like, do I need to put that much energy into this? Or can mm-hmm. I go sit with my kid and read a book and be okay? You know, like, and that's, I remember just over the past few months, and I might've said it on a podcast at some point, but I remember figuring out one day, it occurred to me that I'm very good at time management, but what I wasn't doing was managing my energy. So I was Mm, like, all of my time was blocked out. I knew where I was supposed to be, where the kids were supposed to be, what was on the calendar, what the deadlines were, all of it. But I wasn't paying any attention to the energy each of those things was taking. Right. And so I was wondering, like I would get home. And I remember telling Ryan, I don't sometimes like who I am when I get home because it's mm-hmm. like I don't have anything left. And I want to give you all my best. And all I'm doing is giving you whatever's left at the end of the day and learning the difference between time management and energy management. But when you look back over your years where you are now and where you started, is there a few things that you kind of had to learn the hard way that 
you're like, gosh, I had to go, if I had not gone through that, I don't know that I would have learned it any other way. Oh gosh. I mean, yes, I think kind of the, the prioritizing of your relationships mm-hmm. and, and that, I think <laughs> some of the, like the expectations that I set, but like I said early on, I'm like, that was so stupid. Why did I care what they were doing? Like, you know, but I had to learn the hard way that those things didn't matter mm-hmm. and that that wasn't at the end of the day glorifying God mm-hmm. and, and me bringing the, you know, the iron fist down on something silly. But there was a season where I kind of got a little too big for my britches, I mm-hmm. guess would be the right way to say it. And we had been very successful at the, on the competition side of things. And I kind of dug my heels in and was like, I don't need other people's help. I don't need anyone else to come in and help me during nationals. I don't need to do this, this, this. I got all this because I can do this. And I learned the hard way about not bringing your village in mm-hmm. and not bringing people in to help you that are also really good at what they're doing ultimately hurt myself and hurt the team. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn that my ego and pride got in the way of something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a harsh reality, but I'm so thankful for it because it completely changed my philosophy on how I approach things. And now I'm like, you want to come? Pra- yeah, come on in. Yeah. Like, it's not about me, you know, yeah. and it really wasn't about me. But for like a couple years, I was striving to earn the approval from the wrong people mm-hmm. in the wrong places. And it hurt myself and it hurt, you know, my current team at the time. It's so hard to not want to manage people's perception of you. Yeah. You know, to want to change it or shift it. And I just, I'm curious on the other side now, what does it look like to release that? I think it's just being confident in owning my own strengths and Mm -hmm. also being confident. Like, I'm not good at that. And you Mm -hmm. are like, that is not my wheelhouse. So like, yes, Mm -hmm. being confident enough to allow someone else to have some ownership in something that ultimately at the end of the day, I have to put my name on it. Mm -hmm. But allowing them to take a piece of the ownership, Mm -hmm. knowing that we're all working on the team together, that has been a good growing moment for me and being okay with it. I I don't know everything, nor have I ever known everything. But when you're young and you're arrogant (laughs) and you out to prove everyone wrong. You're in your 20s and early 30s and you're like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show all of you. I was bound and determined to prove everyone wrong. And I did to a point. But then was it worth it? It wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the girls that you get to lead right now, mm-hmm. I know you have the the takeaway Tuesday and the think about Thursday. <laughs> I love it. I might start even doing that with my own kids. Please like, do. What's your... and let me know what you learned. <laughs> you know what I saw that you did the other day that I loved? We always at the table, we call it the favorite game and we talk about our favorite things yeah. from the day or whatever. Yeah. But I saw that you all, what did you do? You said highs, lows, and kinds. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is that? Is that your best moment? Yeah. Your kind of down moment? So we then... do, yeah, low, high kind. So we start with what was the lowest point of your day. And sometimes our kids are like, I didn't have one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a great day, yes. you know, and then the best part of the day and then something kind that they did for somebody else. So they yeah. kind of have to, they're very well trained now and they fight over who gets to go first. But yeah. And then they just have to be prepared to bring something to the table. I love that. I had not yeah. thought about that, but okay. Your Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you're obviously, it's not just about winning for you. It's no. not just about, we're going to be the best team. You're genuinely investing mm-hmm. in just this generation of women women that are going to walk away from you and yeah. invest in the world. Yeah. So when they leave you, what are mm-hmm. just some things that you're like, I want them, no matter who they are, I want them to take this with them. Right. My biggest goal for them is for them to walk away knowing they are loved and valued mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with what they bring to the table as an answer. We joke all the time. You write a line on your resume that says University of Tennessee dance team member and you have the years, but you could write a 
book on it. Mm-hmm. So like what kind of book are you going to write? Like what life lessons are you going to take away? And so just instilling them that this is a tool, dance is a vessel for you, and it brings you into this amazing opportunity. But this is not, this is not everything. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the end game. This is just a part of your journey. And so for them to go on to graduate, to start their adult life and their careers and their families, and for them to know that dance isn't everything. It's a huge part of what you are and what you do, but you are loved and valued outside of that. Mm-hmm. That's such, especially in your college years. Yeah, it's hard. But I feel like I need to hear that in every season, you know, on the hard parenting days. Hey, this is not the definition of who you yeah. are as a mother. Like this yeah. is not, you know, you're yeah. the only thing your kids are going to remember. Now, will they be in therapy one day because of it? Probably. Yeah. But you know, it's we, not going to We have stopped saving for college and only save for therapy. We just, I mean, we just know that's like, what's going to That's going to be more beneficial to them. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's something that you have to realize that you are loved and valued, not because of any piece of paper, not mm-hmm. because of a boss that says you're good at something, not because of the affirmation of anyone or anything else, but because of what Jesus did on the cross mm. on your behalf. But in your busiest seasons, Kelly, what does it look like to keep growing your relationship with Jesus, a lot of times that's the first thing to go, right? I mean, Oh, gosh. And I'm guilty of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I fail at it. You mm-hmm. know, I'm. it's kind of that rhythm. You can tell. It's like you, you asked about prioritizing or prioritizing your family. I can feel when I'm slipping yeah. in my relationship with God as well. And so it's just being intentional, like you said, with your, t- your energy management. Where am I going to put my energy? Am I going to get up in the morning and do it? Am I going to do it? You know, sometimes it's me driving to work mm-hmm. and it's that's the time in the car that I have or sometimes I bring it with me here and if I can do it on my lunch break, it's just looking at your day and figuring out where you're going to fit it in as opposed to just hoping it fits in. Mm. And sometimes I'm good at it. Sometimes yes, I'm, I feel not, that. I'm not as great, mm-hmm. but I can tell you that whenever I'm in it, that moment is great. You know, my identity is not in pom-poms and megaphones yep. and mascots. Like, but man, it's a good time. But it's a great time when I'm there. What I really need to know, I, I watch Dance Moms quite a bit. <laughs> I very much enjoy okay. it. Is it real? No. No. I don't think so. You don't think so at all? Not I even. mean, there are crazy dance moms. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Gosh, but that is... Kelly. It is, I was really... It is... I, I, I think it, it is... It is entertaining television. It is very entertaining. I love reality television. You do. I like it a little too much, Kelly. That's okay. What do you watch? If you're free time, what are you... I, if you honestly, have any, you're going to tell me you don't have free time. Well, you no, I, I have free time. I don't... But I, I don't watch a lot of television anymore. I used to, if I sit down and watch something, I'm watching The Dateline or Women Who Kill, Snapped. I love that. And Matt's like, you know, when I go missing and they come and they see the history in the television, you're like, you're already the prime. And I was like, but this is the difference is that I'm just taking notes. Yeah. I'm not going to make but the mistakes also, they did. That's what I'm saying. You know? I was going to say, they're not going to even be looking for me like, because you're going to you do it right. think I'm going to do what they did? Are you kidding me? I'm not going to be on a show. <laughs> I'm too good for that, Matt. You don't think I already know how I'm going to do it? Okay. We love to end every episode with one question, Kelly. And yes. it's, what are you so happy that someone did tell you about? Okay. There is an app. Oh, I'm so excited. You probably already have it. It's called Marco Polo. Okay. I don't have it, but I've I've heard about it. Please explain it to me. So it is basically video messaging platform. Oh, I love it. Okay. But you just go back and forth. So it's not in real time. So it's not FaceTime and you're not bound to in the moment. So you can be like, you know, talking to your friend and you just send a message like, hey, this is what I'm doing today, da, 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 da. And then they get back to you whenever they can. So it's like texting, but But it's video. Video messages. And I think, 
I am a big relationship person. Yes. I love, and I think that's why I love my job so much because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm always like 80% of what I do is life, 20% is dance yeah. or spirit, you know? Sure. And so I get to see people, I get to see my friends that don't live in, not even Marco Polo friends in Knoxville, but I still get to see them that often. And yeah. so it's just a way for us to connect. So Marco Polo for the win. I and love for grandparents, that. you know, my parents are on it. Gosh, your and parents are on my it. My parents are on it. My mother-in-law is on it. I love that. I would just be like, this is what we're doing today. And hey, they would randomly, see it. what would the girls that you coach say about you, do you think? Oh, gosh. I think they would say I approach everything with a very dry sense of humor. And so I think a lot of times they are confused if I'm serious or if I'm joking. And so they're always like – You just described my entire life. Right. I think that's why we connected so well. Because I think they'll all say things and they're like, let's just do it in case this is the time that she's serious. Like 99% of the time, I'm not. But that 1%, if they're not on it – it's over, you know? <laughs> when I announced no. that I was pregnant with Henley, everyone just sat there and they were like, we don't know if this is real. <laughs> if this is what real is or not. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they would probably say that they're confused most of the time. Oh, but I man. hope that they say, you know, that I, they feel supported, you know, and that I, guarantee I they would say, you it. know, I have zero doubt just the way that you care and the way you care for people in general. I have zero mm, doubt that you. that is what they would say on your behalf. But <laughs> Kelly, you're Stay so tuned. much fun. <laughs> I'm not kidding. This is, I've looked forward to this interview. I'm just, I just want to start a podcast with you. I would love nothing. Where more. all we what, do what is cover jackets, cover <laughs> cover that I'm literally guys my arm is starting to like spasm because I've been holding down this jacket back here so that you don't hear the radio frequencies (laughs) this is our profession (laughs) (laughs) Kelly just took a picture we're ready (laughs) Kelly I'm such a big fan of you I love you so much thanks for jumping on here with us and if you hear Avril Lavigne in the background (laughs) you're welcome that's all I can say (laughs) 